Welcome to The Intersection, the podcast about artificial intelligence and healthcare. Hi, this is Maxime. And hi, this is Jean. Welcome to the episode two of The Intersection podcast. Before discussing this week's article, we would like to thank everybody who listened to our first episode, in particular those we pro- who provided feedback. Uh, moving forward, we will try to focus on the bigger picture of the article we will discuss, as well as have shorter episodes. Today, we will be discussing the Nature Medicine paper titled Clinical Grade Computational Pathology Using Weekly Supervised Deep Learning on Wall Slide Images. So first, Jean, can you tell us what is pathology and how it relates to screening, which we discussed last week? Okay, so before we discuss about uh, digital pathology or computational pathology, let's just try to understand uh, what is actually traditional pathology. So uh, cancer diagnosis requires for the moment to perform a biopsy of any suspicious tumor or lesion. Let's say that you have a suspicious nodule on on a mammogram, for example, like we discussed during last session. Uh, The radiologist will actually recommend that you have a biopsy of that uh, suspicious lesion. And after that, here is what happens. In traditional pathology, several steps will be taken to try and get a diagnosis. The first step will be gross or macroscopic examination of the biopsy or of the tumor. And then a technician will prepare slides. It means that the specimen will be cut into thin slices called histologic sections and stained with various dyes. These dyes will show different parts of the cells and the pathologist or the technician will then place this section on a glass slide. Then this slide will be looked uh, under a microscope to make uh, different observations on the type of cells, on how the cells are arranged between each other and whether the cells have abnormal morphologies. Uh, Depending on these features, a diagnosis of cancer will be uh, given or not. But still, there is significant inter- and intra-observer viability because all these tasks are performed by humans. And so there is a real need to try and use new AI methods uh, to get uh, more reliable, faster and better results. Still, pathology has been a little bit late to the digital revolution compared to radiology, for example for several reasons, and maybe Maxim can uh, tell us some of these reasons. Thank you, Jean, for the explanation. Just to make sure that I understood correctly, what you explain is that um, in the context of breast cancer, for example, once I am screened via mammogram and the radiologist assesses that I have a high risk of having breast cancer based on visual inspection of the mammogram, then I'm going to be sent to get a biopsy. So a piece of tissue is going to be taken out and looked at under the, ma- the microscope by a pathologist. And this is when the real diagnosis is made. This is the final diagnosis stage. Yes, exactly. And what is very important to understand is that even if you have a very high level of suspicion on any kind of radiological examination, you will always need a pathological confirmation of cancer. It's a mandatory step. 
into the cancer diagnosis. I see. And during this process, are there any interactions between the radiologist and the pathologist? Or those are really two different specialties and tasks? These are completely two different specialties, but the pathologist will read the radiologist reports to help him uh, decide. Got it. And how about the timing of, of this process? Can you tell us about um, the time it takes for a pathologist to inspect a histological image? And the reason I'm asking is because I think everybody who is listening is probably familiar with a mammogram or like an X-ray or a CT scan, what it looks like, but maybe less with a histologic image. What does it look like? Well, it's a significant uh, period of time that is needed to do that. First, because there is a long technical uh, sides to that, which is the preparation of the slides, uh, cutting, dyeing, uh, all this kind of stuff. And after that, you need to do that for several, uh, so sometimes several tens or hundreds of slices. And then you will need to look at those under a microscope. And that's that final step can also take a, long, a lot of time if you have, for example, a very large tumor after a surgery, or if you need to examine several different biopsies. I so see. it can take a very significant amount of time. I see. And in practice, can it happen that a pathologist is not confident about a certain diagnosis? And in those cases, what, what happens? Yeah, most of the time, if a pathologist is not confident, for example, because the disease he's looking at is very rare, he's never seen such, such thing before, there are usually like um, centers who are able to receive your samples and to interpret and discuss with you uh, whether it's suspicious or not. And so th these centers are like um, gold standard or like the main reference in each pathology and are collaborating. I see, very interesting. So Maxime, could you tell us maybe why pathology has been just a little bit late to the game compared, for example, to radiology in computational uh, methods? Yes, so there are a number of significant challenges in using machine learning and artificial intelligence techniques um, for pathology. So one of the main challenges of using machine learning in pathology is that images that pathologists typically deal with are very large. Yes, and most of the time, another issue is that there is a very significant variability in slice preparation that we discussed just earlier about cutting and dyeing, uh, depending on the institution and the scanners right. that are used that's to right. digitalize the images. Yeah, that's right. And in so in fact, if you put both of these things together, the fact that individual images are large and there is a large variability in image preparation, scanners that are used, it means that if you want to have and build a data set that accurately represents the population, you will have basically a gigantic data set. Like each slide typically might be of several gigapixel in size. And if you want to build a data set with maybe a hundred thousand or tens, at least tens of thousands of slide images, which this paper shows is, a, is when the performance accuracy of the AI system starts to saturate, you will have a very large data set, which has some practical implication. Okay, and maybe beyond all these aspects, uh, one last issue is that 
there is a very significant lack of annotated datasets compared to radiology, for example, where we have many datasets from chest X-ray, MRI, CT scans. Right. In pathology, there is a lack of that. That's right. And actually, this is, again, related to the fact that the images are very large. And let me give you like a little um, big picture idea of, of, of why these two things are related. So you have to think that a typical um, image in pathology can easily be of the order of about maybe a thousand pixels to a thousand pixels. And the way that this image is typically analyzed in the... Um, in the clinic is by you know zooming in certain regions of the image and then unzooming zooming in a different part of the image and so on and the cancer cells if you if you have them actually occupy a very small region on that slide so the pathology image are typically very large and they can easily reach a size of about a thousand pixels by a thousand pixels. So in total, you have a million pixels in the slide. And something good, good to know is that in, in, um, in machine learning applications, the complexity of the model that you employ more or less scales with the complexity of the input images. And so since uh, we cannot easily handle such large image with existing models, the typical practice is to cut and divide um, pathology image into small tiles and apply the machine learning model to individual tiles. But what this requires during the training part and the training phase of the model is that individual tiles within a pathology image are labeled by a pathologist. And this is something that takes a lot of time because every single tile has to be labeled and the pathologist has to say whether that tile contains a cancer cell. Okay, got it. And what is like the, the main contributions of that particular paper in that field? So I would say from the technical um, point of view, the main contribution of this paper is to employ a multiple instance learning framework. Um, and maybe I can give you a quick example to understand what that is. But the idea is that they build a model that learns whether cancer, cancer cells are present in a pathology image only using a single label at the level of the slice, not using labels at the level of individual tiles. And so this has huge implications because it means that you can more easily build large data sets that only require like a simple like wall slide image level label. Um, and the way that the authors do that is by looking at all the tiles in an image and trying to predict what are the tiles that are the most likely to contain cancer cells and then passing those tiles in a secondary model that then is going to aggregate the score of these tiles to make a final predictions um, at the level of the slice. Okay, great. And, and which type of cancer did they address in their paper? So they looked at a variety of cancer um, because, as we mentioned at the beginning, this is kind of a general test for many cancers. In this particular paper, some of the cancers I looked at are prostate cancer, skin cancer, and breast cancer. Okay, got it. And which type of model, uh, to be very uh, concrete, did they use? 
Um, they use uh, standard models, uh, a combination of convolutional neural networks and recurrent neural networks for their Okay, so once again, prediction. once again, just like the previous paper, there is no real innovation in the type of model. It's pretty usual, but it's the methods of data preparation and the way that they use that model that achieves good results. Yes, yeah, so here I would say the main um, innovation is, is in the way that the models are, are architected together in the way they are combined in such a way that they are able to learn whether a pathology image contains cancer cells from small tiles within that image but without requiring a label at the scale of the tile. And this is a very important fact because what they are able to show is that by doing that they are able to use a very large data set to train the model, to get a very good performance. And when you are able to train your model on a very large data set, that's when you are able to get a model which more or less is going to be unbiased in the sense that you can capture the vast biological and morphological variability of cancer, as well as the technical variability introduced by the staining and preparation process in histopathology, which we discussed at the beginning of this episode. Okay, great. So that's all we got for today. We hope you learned uh, about pathology, about digital pathology. And if you liked these new episodes, please share, uh, discuss, and uh, subscribe to our new podcast. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. This is The Intersection.